Even a slow breath won't calm my racing heart. Your scales aren't really black. No. Even now, her scales are changing, taking on the grayish hue of the stone around us. But he is, and I so badly want to be just like him. Tarn. It's not hard to guess. He doesn't know. Only the elders do. She lowers her head, resting it on the ground in front of me. They revere him. He is strong and loyal and fierce. You are all those things too. I wobble under the strain of wielding, but keep my balance. Keep the power flowing into the stone. You didn't have to hide. You could have told me. If you didn't figure it out, you weren't worthy of knowing, she huffs. I waited 650 years to hatch. Waited until your 18th summer. When I heard our elders talk of the weakling daughter of their general, the girl forecasted to become the head of the scribes, and I knew. You would have the mind of a scribe and the heart of a writer. You would be mine. She leans into my hand. You are as unique as I am. We want the same things. You couldn't have known I would be a writer. And yet, here we are. Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or hello, Farrah darling, then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Stay smutty. We have finished Iron Flame! (laughs) Woohoo! Whoa, whoa. I don't know about all of you, but did this end on a cliffhanger just like you all expected? Because I saw that coming from a mile away. I feel like Rebecca Yaros loves to inflict pain upon her readers. She gets off on leaving us hanging. Yeah, I could see that. Like, more so than SJM, because... So much more. In SJM's interview, she's more kind of like, coy where she's just kind of like i don't know but you know that she has the best interests at heart for her characters but i feel like rebecca yaros would just be like (laughs) just fucking murder anyone and just be like well you shouldn't have got so attached to them (laughs) yeah yeah i could see that i could see that from her but that's why i'm terrified the whole time i was finishing this book because i finished it a little bit uh before amber did uh, I was texting our friend Casey and we were basically finishing it together and we both multiple times were like we were like do we have to finish this book? <laughs> can we just not? Can we just no one has died yet? Can we just can we just stop right here where yeah. everyone's happy? No, we couldn't and we had to finish it. No. Yep. Uh, yep. And I have seen a lot of <clears throat> honestly mixed reviews. Yes, same same about the book in general. And- and I have I have some mixed feelings about it. Overall, I I loved it. Not as much as the first one, but I like expected that. I feel like it's always different from a first book to a second book. 
um for me anyways i have a hard time with that but i i loved it overall so when i say some things that may seem negative during this episode i still had a very positive experience with this book but i just had a couple of gripes with it Mm -hmm. but yeah and as always i will I always try to see things from so many different perspectives, so bear with me yeah. as I inevitably play devil's advocate. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's why I love you. That's, that's why this works. Because I'm just like, I love everything. And then, but then I'm a real stickler for like a couple more of like um, mm-hmm. tropes or like things like that where I'm like, I just can't like it. Right. Uh, but I do, I agree with you. I, there has been a lot of just mixed reviews and also like some some general like i've seen crazy shit like this book was written by ai and like all kinds of weird things about this book. just honestly like general negativity surrounding yeah it. so yes let's let's insert our little our little soapbox here for a second yeah. um kind of going on that same vein how we've we've noticed especially in the bookstagram book talk realm of things whether it's in relation to iron flame or literally any book out there that maybe people are really really excited for and some people are you know maybe disappointed by or there's this book that has a really big hype to it and then when someone finally reads it they're like i don't understand the hype Mm -hmm. we want all of you listeners to know yeah every single person is entitled to your own opinions okay we want you to feel exactly how you feel about every single book you read that's we read books to figure out what we like we read books to have a good time we join mm-hmm. book talk and bookstagram to relate to other people who are also enjoying these books or maybe not so much enjoying these books but what we're not here for is to spread negativity yeah agreed and we know that there are other issues with rebecca yaros that we a thousand percent acknowledge and that's a completely separate thing um, with political 100%. things. And you know that on this podcast, we always stand for representing minority groups and uh, for, you know, standing on the side of things that are right and just. Um, we don't have to go into detail with that. But I just wanted to say it's separate from from those issues. Yeah, it's been it's been really a negative experience. and. I kind of, yeah, just like general people making people feel bad for liking things that are popular. And I hate that. It's like, why? (laughs) If you don't Mm -hmm. like it, that's okay. And that's why we always say on our, like on our posts and stuff like you guys, we want healthy discourse. We want, that's what makes the world go round. You can disagree with each other and still be respectful and kind. um, Because if you are unkind, your comments will get deleted off of our platform. Um, but you can disagree, you can play devil's advocate, you can do whatever, but never, ever, ever will you shame anyone on our platform or spew negativity. No, that's when you're bye-bye. We're going to get that out of here. We're positive vibes only over here. Positive vibes only. Yeah. I come to Bookstagram for positiveness, positiveness. Oh my God. Positivity. (laughs) Positiveness. That too. Oh, you know, positive boss. No, for positivity. And to just feel good and like bond with a community who loves the same things as me. And yeah, it has become very just like, yeah, books that were hyped up that I just didn't get the hype. And it's like literally every popular book that we love. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Okay. You or, can say that you didn't like them, but you don't you don't get to say yes. like I don't get the hype. Like Or don't like label your posts like books that I think should be run over by a car or books that yeah. I think should burn or books that I like authors that I think should never write a book ever again in their existence. So I'm like books, let's I would die this before is, I would read. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. <laughs> honestly, we have strong opinions because yes. we love rating so dang much. But keep Keep those extremely strong feelings out of this community. You can still have them. You're entitled to have them. And maybe those really strong feelings, you can put them out there um, in relation to how you feel without putting down an author, a book, readers, a community, anyone. There's a tactful way to do it. So if you're going to do it, find that tactful way or don't do it. Simple as that. Beautifully said. You can't say it any better. <laughs> On that vein, let's talk about yeah. Iron Flame. Okay, and again, y'all, fucking read this book before you listen to this episode. I mean, it's oh, kind shit. of a no-brainer, but I just feel like just need to put that out there. <laughs> listen to the entire book. You have to listen to both books before you listen to this episode. Yes, like they both should be consumed before you listen or watch this. So Patreon members, you'll be watching this a few weeks earlier than uh on our regular podcast we'll post the audio only version but this you guys get to see the visual um and you get it early so if you've read it woohoo and if you haven't you shouldn't be here bye get out of here love you with love bye get back when you read it (laughs) yeah or skip to the next episode if you don't plan on reading those books yeah exactly (laughs) okay all right let's let's just dive right in i'm going to go right off the bat that okay i feel like this quote from zayden perfectly describes what every single character goes through in this entire book he lays it out for us perfectly so we know what's coming right away it's like step one the very first thing that our eyeballs see on the page is this freaking quote and we he lays it out so we know what's going to happen but sometimes actually seeing it play out like we do in this book is a bit harder to swallow And this Mm -hmm. is the quote. The first year is when some of us lose our lives. The second year is when the rest of us lose our humanity. And this is something that I'm going to bring up through this entire episode. Okay. I think this is extremely important to remember. And it's so obvious the way that the first years, second years, third years, and those who have been in the field perceive life differently. Oh, yeah. It's this huge, giant spectrum. Because think about like Zayden, Brennan, General Sorengale, right? They're all kind of jaded, to be honest. They're hard. They're cold. They're, you know, they they do what needs to be done and they make the hard decisions and they don't feel bad about it. That's that. They have their walls up and it's going to take up, it's going to take a lot to break down those dehumanized walls down. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the second years barely get to experience a whole year of this shit. Right? So you see in the first book that they're losing their friends, they're losing people. And then in the second book, in their second year, you can it's it's almost like heartbreaking to think about it from this perspective because you can see through the torture, through the pain, through the loss, you can just feel them slowly losing their humanity. Oh yeah, 
like when uh Violet, like when the first years come into their like wing and she's just like not bothering to learn. That was such a huge theme was her just like not learning their names until the threshing was over and just being mm-hmm. like, that's the blonde one. I don't know what the fuck her name is, but I am not going to learn it. But can we talk about at the end how she was like, I know all their names. This is this person and this person and this person. I know them all. Yes. Oh, I have I love goosebumps all, all over my body right now. <laughs> also, I will say, too, the thing that was the hardest to swallow when it comes to them losing their humanity, I felt was when the flyers got introduced and they started meshing together and the flyers are, you know, when they go to Arisha and they're like, this is how we do it. And they basically start school over again after the rebellion happens and they're just resuming life as usual, basically. And the flyers have to go by the writer's rules and the flyers are like, you guys like die? Like, like when you're going through your school, like what? And then I was like, oh my god yeah like this is unnecessarily brutal and i thought that throughout the whole first book and most of this book where i was like they're just wasting like soldiers just to be like we're getting the strongest ones i'm like people are just dying it's like the hunger game but like yeah it just to me that made no sense and then when the flyers get introduced i'm like yeah it you're right it is pointless like why are all these people dying and killing each other and like what yeah it's the whole vibe is very fucked up (laughs) it's so fucked up it's bad it's insane yes so you're right they have all lost their humanity and it's because of the structure that they live within right which is it's it's dialed it's like it's like game of thrones to win the win the game of thrones you either win it or you die like that's it yep yeah yeah okay so for the rest of this episode this is how we're kind of going to structure it obviously it's going to look a lot different from our normal episodes because we're not doing three chapters we're doing an entire book people yes Um, not a deep which is really hard for hannah and amber because we like we like to do a deep dive so we do especially (laughs) i'm always the one that i'm like trying to edit myself down because amber's so good at like condensing everything and i'm like no i want to talk about every single detail so i really held myself back in this oh my god probably who knows how long this could be because i literally could talk forever so please tell me to shut up whenever i need to hey we're both going to probably go on multiple tangents here but i'm sure the way we're going to do this is we're going to talk about new characters that we loved New characters that we don't love, that we loathe, loathe entirely. Double H, loathe entirely. Tis the season. We need to watch The Grinch. <gasps> yes, we do. Speaking of tangents. Anyway, new characters we loved, new characters we hated. Then we're going mm-hmm. to dive into the character development of, and kind of the relationship development of Violet and Zayden specifically. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about, you know, big moments. Big moments that stood out to the two of us. Obviously, these are going to lean a little bit more of the shit that hit the fan toward the end of the book. Um, yes. And then, you know, we can, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up by going into the ending and predictions and theories and stuff like that. I love it. I'm so excited. Because <laughs> we all haven't right. really talked about this book much together. No, we haven't. Not this is, very this much. is pretty fresh for all of us. Yeah. All right. Talk to me about some new characters, Hannah. Okay. 
<clears throat> New characters that we loved. Sloane. Can oh. we talk about just her energy oh. from the very first moment we meet her? She's wild. It's amazing she didn't die. Thank you, Violet. She has, she's like the human version of Andarna. Just like teenage, like, Oh my god, you. that is the, like perfect. <laughs> yeah. That is perfect. She really is. Yes. I I do love that it wasn't a relationship that came easily to Violet. Like, I, I like that she kind of expected to meet Sloane and for Sloane to be like, oh, you're going to look after me? Like, yay, thank you. But, like, obviously to Sloane, Sloane never got any of Liam's letters that he, like, wrote to her. And so she still thinks that Violet is, you know, I mean, she's General Swearingale's daughter. So, you know, she's the enemy. And I love that it was almost like an enemies to friends. I, lo- mm-hmm. I loved that whole arc. And by the end that they were like chill with each other. I I loved that. Yeah, that was, it was a very special just arc in general. Yes. And for her, t- <laughs> because Imogen basically was the one having to look after her because, <laughs> because Sloan wouldn't let Violet look after her. What I a snotty it. brat. But I love it. Loved in her like energy. In the best way. 10 out of 10 character. Loved her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Second character, new character, because there are a lot of character developments that I love, but the second new character that really stood out to me was Eric, the prince. From I love him. The first moment, yes. I'm In my head, he's Dorian for some reason. I don't know why, but he like, looks visually? like Dorian. Okay. Yeah, or also like Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. It's like all I could think of the entire time. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you have not watched the new live action of The Little Mermaid, watch it for <laughs> Prince Eric. I repeat, watch it for Prince Eric. That man has an ass that don't quit. Okay, moving on. And he sings angstily to the sea. So if you're like me, you know I know you'll like that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But anyways, you yeah. like a boy with a booty. It's got a little He's sass in him. Yeah. Prince Eric's the guy for you. <laughs> but this Prince Eric I mean, is kind I mean, of this Prince Eric also has a booty. Probably an ass for miles. Probably. I feel like they all God. do. They're like working out all day every day. Damn. Oh yeah. But I loved him. I loved when Violet kind of realized who he was, and then they had that moment where she's like do you know all the shit that's going on and he's like why do you think i'm here and from that moment i was like love this guy love a rebel love yes this is he's the guy that you would expect to start the revolution right yes and i think he probably went to the school expecting to start the revolution and then found himself just a part of the revolution not necessarily the one leading it um which what a little happy surprise for him right yeah probably (laughs) one less responsibility to ask like yeah fuck this but i i just think that we are going to learn so much about him i feel like everything we've known about his end goal is pretty vague in this book you know we know he Mm -hmm. he feels like a really integral character but he didn't really do anything huge this book to be honest Yeah, besides getting the journals, that was, like, the only really, like, big moment, I feel. But I feel like it's set up for him to really take the lead or take a stance or do something crazy in the next book. Yes, I feel like we're going to get, like, a 
a um heiress moment of he wants to overthrow his father type deal um and like he'll be one of the new rulers that makes everything great by the end of the book but yeah i I, also he's like our inside link right like he's he's in the palace like he knows what's going on and like even though he's not on the truly on the inside he's probably like oh my father's having a meeting with like these people and overhearing things or you know so i feel like he's going to be a huge piece in the next book of dealing with the fallout of what happened in this book Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah all right moving on new characters we hated aka hate 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 where do we begin loathe entirely there are three main ones we're going to talk about (laughs) could you guess you guys probably already know yeah okay First up, fucking Catriona, aka Cat. She enraged me to no end. Also, because I hate petty ex shit. That is part of the problem I had with the whole middle portion of this book that we'll talk about later. But she was when she like showed up to their door and she was like practically wearing just like gauze, like sheer gauzy nightdress. I'm like, dude, stop being so thirsty like the worst clearly why why the fuck yeah stop why do that's the thing i'll never it's like amarantha i'll never understand that when a if a guy ever told me he didn't like me you best believe i'd be like okay bye i'm gonna find someone who does yeah like why to keep like throwing yourself at someone that's clearly like dude i don't want to be with you um Makes no sense. Especially in front of their, like, new partner, where it's, like, clearly they've chosen that person. Move on. Right. Right. Agreed. Entirely. I mean, she totally did a 360 for me by the end. I was gonna say. Because no, she's I enjoy a her. caveat. Yes. Yes. She was great by the end, and I loved, I loved their interactions at the end of the book. So good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Which is a sign of a good... I do think Rebecca Yaros is a good writer. I think... She does a really good job of that, of, like, characters that you can't tell which way they're going to go. She does you know? a really good job of making you hate a character and then later love them. I don't the know way, how she does it. Yeah, the way she redeemed Dane in this book, I was like, whoa. If we can yeah. get that for Tamlin, I'll be like, if we get that perspective from Tamlin of, like, this is why or whatever, then I might be able to swallow a tamlin redemption arc but she yeah, i think she's i think she's really great at that mm-hmm. um so yeah cat hated her then loved her which is honestly some of my favorite characters are are that so you know we can't judge her for where she was in the beginning we can only judge her for where she ended up and honestly she did end up being a surprise for me so mm-hmm. there were several characters that in this that ended up being a surprise for me at the end and i was like oh yeah. I actually do like this person. It's kind of like Breaking Bad. Have you watched Breaking Bad? Oh, God. Yes. Yes, I've watched Breaking Bad. All the characters you hate at the end are all the characters that you love. And yeah, and in the beginning, person. all the characters you love are the ones that you absolutely are disgusted by by the end. That series, don't get me started on the emotional damage that that series caused millions of people. Yeah, it changed my life forever. Anyways, I, yeah. that show <laughs> fucked me up. That show really humbles you as a consumer. Like, (laughs) truly, it's like, you think, like, I don't like that person. It really, 
I don't know. I just think it's so powerful where you can like hate someone so much and then end up loving them so much. I think Mm -hmm. it just says a lot. But anyways, I digress from this tangent. (laughs) Okay. This person, our next person, not necessarily new, but new and improved? Er, Not. Jack Barlow 2.0. Oh my god. (laughs) I shit my pants when he when he came back when he's the one that nolan had been repairing the entire book what the fuck? also fucking nolan nolan needs fuck to be nolan. on this list fuck nolan he's just not a new character so i didn't there's a lot of characters that i didn't feel anything about the first book that i loved this book and then characters is- that i like thought were okay the first book and then i ended up fucking hating them like markham professor markham fucking hated oh my him god what a couple too. steaming pile of garbage that, that's what just they are someone take garbage someone take the trash out Ugh, it's beginning to smell. Yeah, Jack Barlow, the way that he eerily was super nice, and when he saved her, ew, on the yeah, on the was it the parapet that she was like falling off of? I, I was like, oh my god, this is it for Violet. Like she's gonna die. And then he saved her, and I was like, that was yeah, that was up in the tower when she got ambushed. Yes, I still was like, I don't trust him. (laughs) And then no. whenever he still turned out to be bad, I was like, I knew I shouldn't have trusted him. I'm glad <laughs> that we didn't trust him. Yeah. He's the actual worst. And then also ick. the fact that he's been in. Ick. Mm. Ick. He gives me the ick. He does give me the ick, too. I hate him. Um, and but yeah, not as much die. as we hate. Not as much. Yes. Verish. Out loud. Out loud. <laughs> Verish fucking asshole oh my god he is i just Uh, i have no words and then how his fucking dragon don't oh the stress that that man alone and his fucking dragon caused this entire book yeah he took probably a year off my life in this book honestly i it's one of those things where you hate someone so much that when they finally die you are so relieved you're oh, so yeah. relieved. And you're like, okay, this could have happened 300 pages ago, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that's when you and Casey were like, Hannah, if you ever write a book about dragons and there's a character like Varish, can you just kill him immediately, please? Just kill him immediately. <laughs> just do us all a favor. The, where's the fun in that? You have to have an umbrage, you know? That's the rule of thumb. You have to have someone that's an umbrage for a little while. But he was... Mm-hmm. Wor- he was... He was especially just vile and cruel and he was really out to get violet and obviously was in cahoots with dane's dad which is the whole reason he was there and sending the assassins after her which can we talk about when that first assassin showed up and killed uh in the tower yeah who did he who did he kill i can't remember her name when they were they're on the training mats whoever he killed i was like because she was like i'm violet oh that was so sobering who was that it wasn't quinn it wasn't oh, what was oh it was um our non-binary character right um i wrote it down hang on because that's that's really gonna bother me um uh oh no it just said the student I can't oh, remember. Nadine. Nadine. Yes, 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 yes. Nadine. Yes. That was that 
that was a jaw dropping moment. I was like, oh shit. I literally said, I remember saying, oh shit, out loud. And Riley came over and was like, what? The number of times Riley had to come check on me during this book was just astronomical. I would just be like sobbing or laughing or being like, oh fuck. Like literally multiple times. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck, 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 fuck. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I can't. I can't. I can't, can't even talk about it. We can't. Yeah, we can't that, even go there. That's a whole can of worms. That scene was sobering because that was like the first they have finally. They were like a squad, you know, and then like that happened, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, there's an assassin now on top of everything else going on in this book. Like, why? Yeah, and it's not just against Violet. They're like picking off all of the marked individuals that were with her that day. Yes. And they're just picking them off one by one. I'm like, oh my god. It's it's insane. And also with Farish, you know, a lot of times when characters are that horribly evil, we get a reason as to why. I think that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why he just died and he's still so fucking awful is because he didn't even have a reason. You know, like, no. think think Snape. We all hated mm-hmm. Snape until he had his like redemption or rationale or reasoning or even like even if we would have had a rationale of like Varish was working with the venom or like Varish was the yes. one like the you know, like some like some sort of rationale as to mm-hmm. why was he so unnecessarily fucking awful but we never got that because he didn't have a reason he just was that awful yeah i feel like dane's dad was just like treat this one like shit and try to kill her in a nonchalant way like don't be obvious don't be suspicious don't be don't suspicious, be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> but like and then he's just like oh great i get to be like mean cool this is like christmas like yeah, i just feel just like, another day for me yeah yeah it's like other than that i can't see any you're right like what is the motivation but there must have been i wonder if we will get some kind of a connection between like the leaders because why why did we get jack like like the whole jack thing still confuses me a little bit like did he turn into a venom and then we were trying to save him from becoming venom like he drew on the power to not die and that's what turned him into a venom i can't remember if it like specifically said or not um because it was a first read but like also when they go to the palace um where they meet cat the first time and violet is doing her lightning tricks and then they're like surprise there's a venom in this chest like why i just feel like why do we have these venom around you know yeah i don't know i feel like there has to be some yeah. bigger overarching like the venom have infiltrated you know, like like power hierarchies in basically all of the places that we're trying to start and be successful with this revolution, but the Venon are all already ten steps ahead. I, I agree. I feel like there are more Venon than we think. And also, if they, if the Sage is infiltrating her fucking dreams, her dreams, people, that was some, who, that was some Voldemort who else, shit. Who else? Are they doing that too? Who else are they like halfway? Like, we don't know the extent of these, especially the state, like the really powerful ones. We don't know mm-hmm. the extent of their power and what they can do. 
Right. And also a thought to, you know how Violet had the reoccurring dream, like you were saying, mm-hmm. of the sage. But when Zayden is at, at the end and it's his point of view of like what happened and the sage also acted like he knew Zayden. I'm like, he must have been having the same dreams. Or, you know, how he projected his thoughts to her when they were doing it, which we will get into that later. Um, I'm wondering if he was accidentally projecting his dreams. Casey and I talked about this. Projecting his dreams to her like at night. And she was seeing like his his dreams. Interesting. And like the sage was after Zayden first. And then he was like, if if you don't do it, then I'm we're gonna go for her. So I don't know. Or they both could be having the dream. I'm not sure. And like how many people are they infiltrating dreams of? They're terrifying. They're really <laughs> scary. They're they're a big baddie, and I don't like them. This whole this feels so hopeless it feels so hopeless it does it's not looking good we say that a lot for a lot of (laughs) shit that happens it's it's not looking good why do we self-inflict pain like this like we know what's gonna happen anyways yeah that's that's the characters for this short little synopsis of our characters that we loved and hated yeah um okay let's okay have to apologize ben is going to come home any minute and rusty might bark his little head off so bear with us um okay let's do this let's dive into character development of specifically violet and zayden Mm -hmm. okay i'm going on a humanity tangent again here people okay okay just like i talked about in the beginning Right. With mm-hmm. humanity, with all of the characters and kind of that like inner humanity struggle, honestly, um, especially between Violet and Zayden. OK, here, pause mm-hmm. one second. Sorry. sorry everyone i had to pick rusty up off the bed rusty is my dog i mean you guys all know that now but he is 15 and he has bad neck arthritis so he's not supposed to jump down off of anything so ben's coming home and he's a terrier so he loses his freaking mind when he hears someone at the door um so i have to like lift him down off of surfaces anyway my special boy yes we love him (laughs) um so throughout this entire book we can kind of watch it all unfold where excuse me violet is losing some of her humanity to just the general brutality of the world and her situation and Mm -hmm. zayden is desperately trying to get his humanity back because now he has something worth getting it back for for violet and and they're like the entire time they're both struggling with this give and take relationship in not only themselves but with each other and this is the biggest issue that i see time and time again in this book and that i feel like you're going to touch on when it comes to that miscommunication like when i when i think about their miscommunication i feel like it's rooted in their humanity zayden's lack of humanity violet's like losing her humanity slash 
she has a lot of it still. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like the scales aren't quite balanced and they can't seem to meet in the middle. They're always kind of missing. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't, the hard part is they don't have the time to do it right. They don't have the time to figure it out with all the shit that keeps spiraling and happening in this book. And Zayden has such a violent, insane background that mm-hmm. he can't just like tell her these things because there are bigger things at play. Yes. As he says time and time again, which is really frustrating to hear. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of like an Akatar, like in, in Akamaf, like when Reese doesn't want to tell Farah anything and like she has to commit to being all in to the night court before he divulges anything about Valaris or just general things about his court not being this awful, horrible court. It's the same thing with Zayn, except now they're like, it's a straight up revolution that's on the line here. Yeah. That's um, where my problem is, is she has already committed. Like I can, I can be all behind it. Like you said, in Macamaf, I totally understand that motivation with that. But this, I'm just like, she's leading a revolution with you. <laughs> yeah. And you two are, you two are like combined at the hip. Like, even if you don't want mm-hmm. to tell her things, like she's going to figure them out. You're together she's all smart. the time. Yeah. Also, she's, she's really brilliant. smart. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's just like, again, they're trying so hard to meet in the middle and uh, they both just misjudge. And by they both, I Zayden misjudges her, quite frankly. And I think it's, Again, yeah. he's so jaded and he has no humanity left because he's been fucked over so many times mm-hmm. that he just he can't open or he can't break that last wall of defense, even with her. They try so hard. But then as soon as his breaks down a little bit, hers come up. And then they yes. they have this like constant teetering of bullshit. Um Yeah. But you know. Violet I her Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. I was just going to say, you- Violet is such, like, a likable character yeah. because there's there's so many things. She's intelligent. She's strong-willed. She's loyal. She's fierce. And she is insanely determined. And her, my favorite thing about this woman is her shortcomings. <laughs> Even with her shortcomings, her confidence is palpable in the second book. Yes. And we we are quickly realizing that in the first book she perceived all of her shortcomings in the second book she she no longer perceives those things of herself shortcomings but she kind of lets other people continue to perceive them as shortcomings this is screaming yeah. bryce to me you know it's screaming bryce and it's also giving when cassian tells Farah to use like that your greatest weakness can end up being your greatest advantage in battle violet uses her her the fact that she's smaller and faster she uses that against her opponent she she's very yeah she's very um springy and adaptable and i remember re-listening to the first book and telling you i forgot how much i love her she's a such a great main character she yeah she's so likable she's Mm -hmm. witty she's sassy and sarcastic and she feels like someone you would be friends with like she feels like her. one of the girls, you know? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. Whereas, yeah, whereas like a lot of our SJM characters aren't really like that. Like Bryce's, 
but Price is, Sarah, yeah. Nesta, Aelin, none of more even. I mean, Emery and Gwyn, maybe. Like, yeah. But, but even Aelin's even then, sassy, like, but she's very serious. Like she's, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's almost too angry. intense. Yeah, yeah, she's more. Yes, yeah, she's. She's got a lot going on. <laughs> she's got a lot going on. Um. So anyway, but end comment. I think that now. Now that Violet knows about his second signet, I personally think that in the next book, things are going to be so much more out in the open. I wish this realization, this opening, this her figuring it out would have happened earlier in the book. But I understand why it happened, why it did. But I do think that this little hidden tidbit in him is a large majority of him being so secretive because he knows she's wildly intelligent. He knows. Mm -hmm that even the person that he trusts most in the world which is her is not enough this signet is too is it's too big of a secret it's it's yes. not it's not okay to share um but now that she figured it out i you know i think it i think it will open a lot of avenues for communication and just general trust um yep. and truly i don't blame him for hiding that i don't blame his dragon for Mm-mm. having his back i don't i think that that was extremely justified i don't think it's like i understand that violet would be upset when she first mm-hmm. heard that news but i don't think she has a right it's it's not her place to yeah, be I, mad at him for not telling her I agree. And I, I was okay with her being like upset about it because obviously anytime someone keeps something from you, it's not, it doesn't feel great. Right. Like seeing it from both perspectives, as we always talk about, it sucks Mm -hmm. on either end. And that is their whole relationship is it sucks on either end. But like, for me, the hardest part of this was I can hang with the miscommunication because it has purpose. You know me. I like miscommunication if it has a reason and it builds palpable tension between characters that I'm in, I'm enjoying the tension, right? I feel like the first book was all tension between them and then it broke and they're together. Great. I love that. But these characters, it just felt to me, I hated the whole ex getting between them and violet losing her confidence in herself and not thinking that i'm like i don't understand you thinking that zayden is not all in on with you like right can you can tell by this girl's behavior that she's desperate that he's not interested in her um but it's like a relatable feeling i get it but i felt like that went on too long and it felt very juvenile for me as an adult reading it it felt very like something i would have enjoyed in high school which is fine. I mean, I wouldn't say this book is YA. So I don't know why that was really, these are 20 something year olds. Like they're not teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, So that really bothered me. But I do like the way you put it of the reason why they do have a good reason of their, you're right. They're shifting scales. They're going through different journeys, but I just felt like it went to, it went on too long. And like you said, with her finding the signet, I mean, everything happened literally in the last like seven percent of this book. Like That's the a good last point. fifteen minutes, everything happened, and I 
I don't really like that. Because, like, with SJM, we get it in the last, like, 20% of her books. The shit's hitting the fan. Everything is wrapping up. It's great. But this, I just felt like nothing happened for the longest time. And it was literally just relationship drama. And I was like, when are we going to stop stop this bickering? And, and, like, it's okay to sometimes have the, like, oh, we got cut off. We can't talk about this. But it was literally every time they'd never had, like, a meaningful adult let's talk it through conversation until like the very end and then surprise Zayden is a is a venom and I just felt like it was just a lot all at once to digest Mm -hmm. versus like bringing in a couple of those elements earlier on would have really hooked me more throughout the entire book like I said I still loved this book this is not me saying I didn't like it I just didn't like the pacing of it and I didn't like the immaturity of their arguments I felt like they deserved better and I just one more thing Zayden pissed me the fuck off with the ask me, just ask me, just fucking tell her, like, stop telling her to ask you shit. I hate that. Like, mm-hmm. like, no, you that's not how relationships, how functional, healthy relationships work. You don't have to pry something out of someone. And I, I understand where he's like, I'm always asking you about you like you never asked me about me. Well, you're you never tell her anything. So why would she ask you? You haven't earned that. So that mm-hmm. was the one thing about Zayden in this book where I was like, I love him, but I mean, it's like a real relationship, right? Sometimes I'm like, I love yes. my husband, but I am fucking annoyed right now. Yes. <laughs> and and I think that's a great point because I feel like this is so, we read our fantasy books because it's not like real life. This is fucking annoying yeah. because it's, it's too, too real. real. Because mm-hmm. in real relationships, you have shitty way too long periods of miscommunication that shouldn't fucking be there because you should just have a conversation like an adult but sometimes we just don't and yep. this is a good reminder that if something's bothering you just tell your partner <laughs> just talk about it oh my god yeah that is a it good did... point though it did it did go on like Absolutely. the miscommunication and it was like it wasn't even just like one miscommunication it was like they would miscommunicate about something and then get really upset and then there would be something that followed immediately after mm-hmm. immediately after and i'm like yes. can't these people just have a little bit of a break just it's like cut one, them, cut yes. them a break it's like boom an x boom something was hidden about the revolution uh, the revolution boom you made a deal with my mom boom you can read minds and it was just like one thing after <laughs> boom, the other you're and a- yeah like when are these people going to ever be able to talk about their problems? Like, they need couples therapy. Like, can we? Oh my God. That's the whole next book. It's Violet and Zayden go to couples Just therapy. Couple. We need a novella. We need a novella between these two books where it's just like, uh, instead of like general correspondence uh, from blah, blah, blah. Yes. It's notes just from the therapy. therapy notes from session one. Therapy Recovered notes from artifacts session two. from couples therapy. <laughs> oh, but man. seriously it's like ugh, yeah there needs to be a frost and starlight of the fourth wing of the Empyrean oh. series just a book that's like not the most fun to read but like it kind of needs to necessary. be there yeah it's ugh, that part was so hard because i wanted i went into this feeling like i was like reading the newest harry potter book in high school like i I loved people messaging us saying they were like going to midnight releases and I was I just like felt the energy and it was great and then I like started reading it and it was so exciting and then it got like halfway through the book and it was just like 
And then it was just them fighting for like 30 chapters. And I'm like, it was a long and, time. Yeah. And, and really just a lot of their school shit, which I was like, this is going to end up being irrelevant. I feel like, and then it kind of was, but I don't mm-hmm. know. It just, there was a lot that that was my biggest problem, but everything else about the book I love, but that part I was like, Rebecca, I love you. Please, can we not have teenage drama in this next book? Because yes. I'm 30. I'm a 30-year-old woman. I don't I don't want to read about that. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm over but, it. Yeah, but it's understandable. She has a wide audience, so I get it. But for True. me personally, it's just, it's not my not my thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whew. Yeah, lots of note. stuff. Lots of stuff going on. And just, honestly, take take some notes on your dragons relationship and just be more like them and there wasn't enough of the dragons i felt i wanted more tarn i've wanted more scale like i just wanted more of that and i just felt like we didn't get as much of that this book it was really just satan and and violet fighting for like most of the book and there were so (laughs) many new like characters to explore and stuff too that i was just kind of like oh i wish I spent more time on that. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of, you know, we read from Blood and Ash a year, two years ago. I don't know, a long time ago at this point. And we I only think read like it once. Two years. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it and we only yeah. read it once. Um, so I don't remember which book it is, but you remember at one point in From Blood and Ash, the world went from like this one timeline and just like exploded to like mm-hmm. a bunch of shit just hit the fan, and there's all these yeah. new things happening. I feel like this is kind of that book and why we lost sight of what's happening in and with the dragons, because there's so many things happening with the revolution and all of these different things and places and, you know, individuals that it, it was very busy. It was very like, it was cerebral almost that you had to try to keep track of all the shit that was happening. Yeah, for a book that comes across as quite simple. Like, when you're reading it, her world building, typically, in the beginning, it felt very, like, oh, okay. Like, almost kind of like Harry Potter, the first book, where it yep. gently introduces you to the world. It felt very much like that. And then, yeah, this, it was, like, there's so much going on and right. not enough. I, I, When I'm reading a book about dragons, like, I want more dragons. I want more Taryn sassing. I want more. Yeah, and I feel like it kind of reminds me of, so like in the first book, like just like you said, it's Harry Potter. So the world is school. That's essentially the world. We didn't have to do or catch up with a lot of world building, but like Mm -hmm. think Akatar. In Akatar, the first book was boring because it wasn't just the spring court. It wasn't just the human realm. We were learning about the human realm, the spring court, all the different like, you know, all of Perithian. We had to understand mm-hmm. the complex dynamics of an entire world, not just a school. And this second book was that. You know, suddenly yes. it's not just the school. It's not just one specific area. Suddenly we are we are in an entire world and realm with a lot of different forces at play in the midst of a war. Yeah. So and we're still doing school, which I mean is also still very mm-hmm. Harry Potter, right? They literally did school up until the second to last book, I feel like. The last mm-hmm. book. Oh, the last book. Mm-hmm. Where they all three of them ditched, but everyone else was literally still at school until the Battle of Hogwarts happened. Like they were all still at school. Yeah. So yeah, it is it just it did. It felt like things exploded and it didn't feel 
Whereas in Harry Potter, I feel like there's a lot more time spent on helping you understand, you know, the world and the motivations behind literally any character that's in it. A, a motivation mm-hmm. is there, and a I do I do feel like Rebecca Yaros does in the next book need to spend some more time on the depth of characters, like how we love with like. Mm-hmm. Akatar, where it's not just the two main characters. Yeah, it's everyone. Like, I want more Imogen. I want more Re. I love Re. I love her. And it was so mm-hmm. hard for them to be like having such an awkward, hard time during this book. When it was so, it was her and Zayden having a hard time, and she couldn't like talk to Re. And it was just like so much of that where. Oh, it was just so hard but yeah anyways there there's there are some gripes with this and that is definitely one of them it was just yeah and i maybe this book is kind of the bridge to the next book mm-hmm. it, you know it gave us a deep dive into motivations and the who what where when why and maybe next book we can kind of just hone in on you know we're not really at school this is this is the revolution this is war let's get shit done yeah i think that's why i didn't like that when they left and went to Tyrandor, like, why are we doing school again? Like, why are we taking history courses? And we know there's a war. Like, to me, that's the difference between Harry Potter and and this. Harry Potter, they're all under the influence that, oh, nothing is really going on, whatever. This, mm-hmm. we are, we are the revolution. We are the Order mm-hmm. of the Phoenix. We are, we are doing the damn thing. And now mm-hmm. we're going back to history class? Why aren't we but learning like combat techniques? Why aren't we learning they more are. of that? They are, but I want all just only that. Like, I just but feel like it's irrelevant. If you don't learn about history, it's prone to repeat itself. True. So if I you get these little like... naive kids in there True. and then suddenly they're like, I want to sympathize with the other side because they don't understand the history of what's actually happened because they've been brainwashed their entire lives into understanding things that aren't actually happening and didn't happen or you know at least general misunderstandings and misinterpretations not even misinterpretations gen like intentionally being taught the wrong things yes that they have to like then pluck you out of that and because you have to understand what you're fighting for to learn to fight and if you don't understand that because you're still stuck in that brainwashed state why why would you fight? You're not going to fight. That's true. I just feel like to me I agree with that, but I'm like this seems like a very like war is like happening in like 3 months. So like if you decided to come you're with us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I under- I understand that. <laughs> I feel like it was just kind of like weird especially when violet's like okay like we have history class like i'm just yeah and i wonder weird to me i wonder if that was like a writing technique of like when they go to history class that's where we can learn like that's Mm -hmm. where rebecca yaros like inserted a lot of her just like general information about the world and what was going on and it just true maybe that was kind of her tact behind that but it it to your point, I agree with you. It did come across as like, dee-dee-dee, we're going to class, and then we're going to yeah. go do some flying lessons. Like, yeah. 
you know, and then she would insert like a, a sentence here or there about like the general feeling of like, oh, this is intense. Like we are learning about what's actually happening and now we understand the truth of it all mm-hmm. and that we've all been lied to our entire lives. So like this feels a lot more real. Yes. And I, to me, I think it was mostly just weird where I'm like, why is Violet there? Why isn't Violet in all of the important meetings? That's the part I didn't like where I'm like, mm-hmm. why the fuck is she like still in school? Like, I yep. don't know. That's the part where I was just like, okay, why? why? What is happening? Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I'm going on way too far about this. Okay, we're going to talk about general vibes that I did love. Or this is where we're moving into the big moments that we want to talk about. Um, That way we're not talking for like four hours because I, I could. I could talk for right. four hours about this book. Right. How about any book, really? It's just, when I'm talking to you, it just flows naturally. It just, it really does. Uh, but general vibes I loved in this book. Since I've talked about things I didn't, I want to balance the scales because I did love this book. Okay. The Soringale siblings all together and their interactions mm-hmm. with each other. From the moment that Mira punched Brennan in the face, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I love the three of them together. <laughs> just their interactions are great they're like cutthroat siblings i love it and i feel like violet was always the like peacemaker like hi i'm Mm -hmm. violet i'm here to make everyone happy and i'm a little bit like mira and a little bit like brennan so and now violet's like listen you two shut the fuck up shut up get your shit together he's alive you're alive i'm alive can we just be happy and be let's here move and move on let's let's get over this stop stop yeah. being like mom <laughs> yeah exactly i i loved it and like when mira was like hey soren gales don't get carried off the field like we walk off and like just the way they like banter with each other i really loved it i loved yeah. the soren gale siblings want more soren gale siblings in this next book chef's kiss mm. those i love that i love all three of them great yeah i know they're and they're also different, which is what I really like. They're like mm-hmm. not really that much alike, except for like you said, Violet's kind of like the bridge between the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Um, okay, I also really loved the whole from the minute that the fourth wing squad was like, We made it this far. We're going to survive this year together. Like, no one is dying. Like, this is us, and we're making it, and we're a team. From That was just, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be real, and I feel like eventually we're going to lose one of them because of this moment where they're all like, we're in this together. But I love that where, like, they're walking off to the battlefield, and um, it's like Zayden or someone was like, Violet, you're with me. And she was like, no, I'm with my squad, and you can come with us if you want to. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah!" I loved that. I ate that. I shit love up. that. Oh, again, she's so. Mm, I love. I love their dynamic with each other. Aside from the needless chapters of fighting, but their general vibe with each other, I just love. I love that they jab, which is again like why we love Reese and Farah, right? That just constant mm-hmm. like. Like, you can do what you want, but this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And the the fourth wing squad in general just has such a special place in my heart. I just, I am obsessed with them. Bree, Riddick, Sawyer, Imogen, Quinn. <laughs> I love them all. I love, I love them all. Magical. 
magical. I loved it. I loved their vibe. They are. They're friends. To, like, they're family. They're found family. They are. They That's why we are. love them. When you they know how we feel about found family. Mm, our favorite trope. Our favorite. Mm. The, yeah, when they were in the dungeons getting tortured and they, like, when they, like, told each other their secrets and stuff, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. And none of them broke. <laughs> True friendship. I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was that. my, honestly, that might have been my favorite part of the book, to be completely honest. That was the part that carried it, I felt, after the mm-hmm. drag was happening in the middle where it was like, they're like, we're going to do this, like fourth wing whatever squadron or whatever they are i don't know i can't keep up with all of the parts of the claw section whatever flame section i I don't know who everyone is but whatever the fourth wing squad is what i'm gonna call them (laughs) i'm probably wrong but whatever who cares okay i also loved the professors in this where like devera um like leaving leaving with the rebellion that gave me very like Harry Potter Battle of Hogwarts vibes. Um, just when that moment when Devera's like, Yeah, we're some of us are going with you. Like, who do you think put all of those posters announcing that um we had completely demolished that town, like Zoya and whatever? And I was like, and She is the McGonagall. Like, she oh, is the McGonagall. McGonagall's one of my favorite characters. McGonagall's the best. And she's like, I've always wanted to use that spell. Like, oh my (laughs) god, I love her. But yeah, Devera, when Violet is like, she's exactly who I thought she was. I loved that moment. I loved that confirmation of like, yeah, because you do. You like also want her to be good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love it. I love it. And then lastly. I really loved that the flyers got incorporated into this book because I really like the Griffins and I I like that the writers just seem a lot more chill or the flyers seem a lot more chill than the writers. There's so the much because are, their life isn't on the line 24-7. Yeah, the flyers are like, we jump off of a cliff that has water underneath it. And if you land on a Griffin, great. And if not, you get to try again next year. Like, <laughs> like no one does. I know that was the part that killed me because they they staged it where they were like, "Oh, we just jump off a cliff and if we land on a griffin, that's that's who we're bonded to." And then yeah. everyone was like, "Holy, all the riders were like, "Holy shit. What? What?" And in my mind, I'm like, "That's fucking crazy. That's crazier yeah. than doing like the parapet. That's crazy. It's unhinged." Yeah. And, and then it was like, "Well, what happens if you fall?" Oh well, we just fall into the water and we get to try again. And they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> they're like, "You weakling!" Excuse me. <laughs> and I'm like, "That is," and like the, I don't know. It's just fascinating the dynamic, like, and how the dragons just think they're hot shit over the griffins. Like that bugs yes. me. I mean, at the same time, like, yeah, they're fucking dragons, which they're is dragons. really cool. Um, yeah but like calm down yeah maybe the dragons are the ones that are like kind of facilitating the really intense wild live or die aspects of the school like maybe the dragons are really the ones kind of facilitating that they're like feeling the narcissism almost like because you know you get flooded by your dragon's emotions um which is one of my favorite parts of fourth wing by the way (laughs) yeah 
that mm, so good um but yeah i agree with you the dragons are very full of themselves which is part of why i love taryn so much because he's just like i love violet's like oh no i'm worried and he's like you need to chill out have you seen me i'm like the biggest dragon yeah like (laughs) you need to worry about he's like yeah or like she's worried and he's like I did not choose you for your worry. I chose you for your intelligence. Think your way out of your worry, stupid human. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or he's oh, like, was okay. I wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, don't be dumb. You're not dumb. We all need that inner voice, though. I need a Taryn in my head that's like, honestly, he's like he's just like blunt. I, uh, you know, I have I have quite a few friends and a lot of individuals that I work with mm-hmm. that are like on the spectrum or neurospicy, you know, whatever it is. And this mm-hmm. is the part of being close to and working with individuals that are neurospicy. And oh yeah. For those of you that are listening that are neurospicy, you you know what I'm saying. Where it's just that like that unhinged not unhinged, unfiltered. Mm-hmm. That's the word I'm looking for. Just that unfiltered like well why are you doing that? Why are you feeling like that? That's a silly thing to feel like you should just not. And, yeah. And sometimes that it's so fucking refreshing because mm-hmm. you hear individuals say that, especially individuals that you know are saying it from a place of just genuine, that's what they want you to feel or that's, mm-hmm. that's how they feel. That's how they want you to perceive the situation. They don't want you to feel, they want you to, understand the situation for what it is you know take kind of take feelings out of the equation yeah or they're like this is how i do it just do this and it's like yeah you and then you like are wired two completely different ways (laughs) and you take a step back and you're like shit yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. god thank you like i needed that i needed that ice water in my face it sometimes it's hard to hear and hard to swallow which is mm-hmm. why I think certain individuals have a hard time interacting and engaging with neurospicy people. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, if you like sit back and take, like when he says stuff like that to Violet, like and take that for what it's worth, you're like, oh wow, that is very grounding. Mm-hmm. That is a very grounding suggestion. It's yes. blunt, and it's I I could have used maybe a little gentler approach to that but you know we got to the end goal and i needed that and time is of the essence so i feel better let's go (laughs) yep it's not sugar-coated but it's what you needed to hear yeah yep it's yep yeah i I need people in our lives to give us that input not everything needs to be sugar-coated and sometimes we need to hear things that aren't sugar-coated agreed just the way it is (laughs) oh lord Okay, the next thing that really stuck out to me, obviously, Violet's torture. This was this was insane. This was absolutely insane for so many different reasons. A, the level of torture that she endured, there are no words. Two, the fact that her, yeah. everyone else in Fourth Wing, like all of her found family, were actively trying to get to her. Three, Zayden being seven hours away and also fighting tooth and nail to get to her and like the shit that just went down dane coming in it is it, just like everything and then liam 
I don't know if we can talk about Liam without me crying. <laughs> yeah. I think this is this is the catalyst of a lot of feelings about a lot of things in this book. And I feel like Liam in general drives a lot of what Violet does and feels mm-hmm. and thinks and perceives. Yes. This gave me such, like, in a different way, Aelin and Fenris vibes of, like, I, yes. can, I can get through anything because I have, I have someone here. It's I like have the blink. Here. It's, like, it's just like the blink, except she is seeing Liam. She is seeing her dead friend and talking with her dead friend. Whether she's losing her marbles or not, heck yeah. It happens more than once. Sure does. Which is something I'll talk about later. But yes, that sure does. whole torture. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, this is, it is, was very intense. And then when Dane came in, I loved when he was kind of like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then basically Varish was essentially like, we'll get a warrant, basically. Like, we'll get a, a need for you to, to do it or whatever, like trying to turn him against her. But yeah, that was the whole sequence of that was wild until the very moment when they killed him which was like thank god but and also like the combination of like dane coming in and then dane like kind of convincing everyone that he was actually going to do it and then turning on everyone and then as they're walking out zayden shows up and then zayden almost kills dane and violet's like no but violet's like half dead and mm-hmm. then they turn around and like Zayden and Violet kill Barish together. It it was just such a just everything about it was so chaotic. Yes, I and love volatile. that. Volatile. <laughs> Very volatile. And also heart-wrenching. When the moment Liam showed up, I was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna cry. And when he told her when she's just like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it was worth it. Like, I would do it again, basically. Like, oh. I don't regret any part of it. That's why I really hope it's actually, like, her seeing his spirit and, like, talking with him. Because <sighs> I feel like that's closure that she really needed. Because they yeah started off on such weird ground. Like, they weren't really friends. And then even when they were friends, it was still kind of like a we're stuck together type deal you know Mm -hmm. like and then yeah the guilt that she feels about it i just felt like i really liked that liam was with her and it was a lot like (laughs) in harry potter when he goes to die and he asks like his parents and sirius like their oh their spirits to come with him they still my heart yeah it felt a lot like that where it's like if it's like almost like she conjured a person that she felt like she needed to see, you know? I don't know. I just really, I loved it. I love Liam. I'm still sad about Liam. I'm still not over Liam like that. Yeah. I loved that he was there. I loved that he was a part of this book because I think you really would have felt his absence if he wasn't a part of it. Yeah. In that same vein, let's talk about Mm -hmm. Dane. Dane, nice rhyme. <laughs> Bada bing. Bada bing. Dane didn't intentionally betray Violet, which is just a cosmic realization. 
I feel like because mm-hmm. we've all just been absolutely shitting on him. And we're at the end of the first book. We have just been destroying and obliterating. Because even on my reread, I was like, this fucker touched her face so many times. So many times. So and then many I made times. that video on our story. I was like, I hate this guy. Like, he's the worst. And then we, I read this and I was like, great. Yep. I'm eating my words now. <laughs> yep. So what we learned is that he didn't read her mind every time he touched her in fourth wing. He did it once, basically on accident. And right. All he saw, all he saw was that the second year marked ones were going on unauthorized long flights. And he told his father about it because he's a good little boy. He's a good boy. Um, He followed the rules. But he had no idea that they were, he had no idea about what actually happened when Liam, like at the battle of, what's this town's name? I can't pronounce it. Oh. Oh, God. I forget, but it does start with an A. How is it spelled? Did Athabine? you put it on? Athabine. Oh, Athabine. Yeah. Athabine? I think it's Athabine. Okay, Athabine? we're going to go with that. I don't know. Um, Athabine so just he... sounds like you're saying Aspen with a list. I'm sorry. Athabine. Athabine. Yep. <laughs> sorry. Athabine. Um, don't mind me. So he, you know, he told his father about what he saw, mm-hmm. but ultimately Dane had absolutely no idea what happened. When in the war games, when they were sent and when Liam died, he had no idea they were being sent on an actual like death mission. He thought mm-hmm. it was just part of the war games. He had no idea. Um, so, you know, generally speaking, I feel like as far as redemption arcs go for characters that we loathe, this was a damn good redemption. He redeemed himself. Yes. I agree. I was mad. I was mad about the fact that I had to like him again because I was like, yeah. I spent so much time hating this guy, but now I'm okay with it. But like in the moment, I was like, wait, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I can't the hate Dane part, anymore. Okay. The part that was not super realistic to me is that he just like stopped having romantic feelings for her. I'm like, that's convenient. Yeah. That's a little super sus. convenient. I, um, yeah. But. You know, if that's what we need to get a redemption arc for him to just butt out and just be Violet's friend again, fine. It worked. It worked. We like him. Fine. Yeah. Or even just him saying it to her to kind of take that burden off of her and he still might be carrying a torch. Fine. I'm fine with that, too. If he still Mm -hmm. is in. I mean, he's still he's always going to love her. Right. But I feel like. Yes, I liked that they kind of got their friendship back. I loved them researching the runes, and I loved them break like translating the journal together. I liked all of that. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that we that they did kind of get back, and that she was still like, "There's still a part of me, like you're responsible for Liam's death because you did send us there. You didn't ask questions, like you, it, you, you know, fucked up. It, you f- you done fucked up, boy. You and done fucked up." So, I do like that she's not just like, oh, okay. Like, I like that she's always very reserved and, like, she can hold multiple emotions for someone at one time, which I really like about her. It makes her a complex character and it makes her realistic, right? There are so many Mm -hmm. people in your life that you interact with on a daily basis that you may like that person, but they do this thing or they did this thing to you and you, you know, it's just kind of like, 
very realistic, which in a good way. I like that. It makes you relate to her as a character more. Mm-hmm. And it makes the characters grittier and not just like these perfect fantasy characters that are like, I have no flaws or like, I'm exactly. the evil villain. Like, you know, there's like lots of gray, which we love. The gray. So we love anyway. the gray. We yeah, love the gray. I'm, I'm pro, pro Dane yeah. Redemption arc. I, you know, I'm cool. I'm with here it. for it. I liked it. I'm here. Yes. The next part is everything with this little triangle of Violet, Zayden, and General Sorengale, everything about it was a complete mindfuck. Because yes. not only did General Sorengale give him those scars, right? Strike number one in the fucked up category. Um, yep. Strike number two, to allow the marked ones into the school, General Sorengale made a deal with Zayden that he had to protect her. He was solely responsible for her life to make sure that nobody kills her. Yes. Which then just like puts a whole different spin on everything that happened in the entire first book, especially in the entire like their like their first handful of interactions up until they it, up until when they kissed, honestly. Yeah, like um, when she's in the tree and then he's like Hey Violet, and she like overheard their entire plan. I also was like, why is he just let like in the first book? I'm like, why is he just letting her? Yes, and this is twofold. Yes, this is twofold, right? Because he can read her intentions. Yes, and he has to protect her, so he can't kill her. Yeah, so he sends everyone else away, so he can protect her, and then. He basically, like, swears her to secrecy and knows she's telling the truth, even though he's like, I trust you, I trust you. And she's like, oh, my gosh, he trusts me. No, he can read your fucking mind. He knows, yeah. He, Zayden had very Resand vibes, I feel like, in this book. Like, he is a master of, and in the first book, now that we know, looking back on it, he is an actor. He is, and not, like, in a mean, in a bad way, but he's good at playing the roles he needs to play. He's a manipulator. he plays off his strengths, yeah. He manipulates situations to work out, and like, it's, yes. and and again, not in a bad way to save everyone and keep things right. But yep. I feel like he very much has that burden of like, I'm responsible for like all of these people. Yeah, he has a bad hero complex. He does. So yeah, does Reese. Does. Uh, yes, very Reese. To your point, you know, very Reese. Yeah. But, you know, the, this just, like, everything with Zayden and General Sorengale just gave me, like, like really big feelings. Like, like mm-hmm. unsettled feelings. Like, that, like, pit in your stomach that's like, oh, it makes sense. But also, like, does it have to be her fucking mother? Like, yeah. does it have to be her mother? And I, I feel like the character development on General Sorengale in this book is absolutely fucking crazy. Her it's arc, insane, insane. She's and this kind of plays a big Snape part like in this book. Oh. Yes, yes, because again, she was, she's always doing what's right for her her kids. You know, like she's she's stuck. She's in a position of power, and she's she she's like again, like Snape, like stuck with the Death Eaters, and then when you realize you're on the wrong side and you're like, oh shit, like which I feel like Violet's dad played a huge role in. Um, I feel like she's in this position, right? This is my theory. She's in this position, she's like, Oh, I'm doing great. Like, 
I'm a general, like, we're killing Benin. And then her husband, who's a scribe, and then finds out all the shit that's going down and is secretly working to, like, undo it all and make sure his smartest child knows about it so that she can do something about it. Um, Like, and then when he tells her about it, she's like, oh, fuck. And then she's like, I like, I'm in this position, like, literally, what can I do? So I loved... I did feel like she was very snapish and I liked that about her. I mm-hmm. liked that she was always working to do what's best that she put Violet in the writer's quadrant to save her. When it feels like in the beginning, you're like, why is this woman doing this to Violet? Like yeah. it makes no sense. And then, yeah, the, the deal with Zayden, I felt like it felt like a betrayal. And then when you think on it more, you're like, what better way to ensure your daughter lives than have the most powerful person like having to protect her and keep her alive and also is that the one that's over his heart or was that from arisha where he had to like take responsibility for her there too where they're like she could undo all of this shit and he's like i will take responsibility for her either way the mark over his heart that's hers i'm like yeah yeah Yeah. that whole thing was yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and just like the general fact that he has a second signet. You know? Yes. I'd consider that a big fucking moment. And just like also the satisfaction of him not telling her and her just figuring it out. That, yes. that was oddly satisfying. Like it was, it was kind very, of like a take that, Satan. Such a violent very moment. Edward and Bella in the woods. Yes. You're impossibly oh. fast. It's true. It was because she was just like talking to herself about it. She was like talking her, like hypothesizing all of these different things. Like, yeah, ultimately your signet is a reflection of who you are at its deepest level. And ultimately she was like, you're a fucking control freak. What, Mm -hmm. what could possibly give you more control than being able to read minds? (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Amazing, but also heartbreaking because when he yeah. says, I put this quote on here, he tell he told her after he like confirmed it, because he basically was like, there's a reason why I didn't tell you other than the fact that it is, it's, I will die for this. Like, I can't be this thing that I automatically am because obviously what would be more detrimental to the revolution than a person that can read minds or intentions then the you know the our guys that are saying they're the good guys are fucked right like all mm-hmm. of our people in government so he when he tells her quote less than a minute that's how long it took you to fall out of love with me oh, oh so sad that broke that broke my heart and that just shows how fragile his little heart is he's so broken mm-hmm. He's just broken. When it comes to her. Yeah. And when it comes to her, how he doesn't. It's like Reese and Farah again. They're so similar. The just mm-hmm. not wanting that person to know about all the horrible shit you've had to do or like that you had to keep this one thing from them. It's like the mating bond, right? Like you don't want to tell this person because you don't want it to influence every decision that they make when it comes to you and their life. Right? Like mm-hmm. you want them to have autonomy and it's like. It's so hard because he's like, I if I tell her this, like, I could die if she's not fully there, which, again, 
feel like that was kind of doubting her a little bit, but understandable. Uh, mm-hmm. Or if someone reads her mind and finds out, like, I think that's the most dangerous thing that he's always thinking about. Yes. If someone captures her and she hasn't mastered her mental shields yet, like, mm-hmm. then, then we're fucked. Like, so I get, I totally, like I said, I agree with you. I'm not mad that he kept that from her, but the, yep. when he told her that I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Cause he could see it in her eyes. Like that was it for her. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Next up wards, these fucking wards, this shit is com- complex and I'm, I'm not really going to like go into it, but mm-hmm. everything about it kind of blew my mind. You know, everything yes. about the runes and imbuing and the wards has again this is just another thing that makes me feel like this is almost like a bridge book because we are just setting the stage for all of this stuff to like explode we only got like a scratching the surface of all of these things because you know in any fantasy world i feel like when you get into this complex magic like wards and runes and imbuing like all this stuff it just adds a a lot of complexity to the possibilities of a war type situation i mean think of valaris and like its protections think you know just honestly any like even when it comes down to like imbuing or putting runes on weapons like think of truth teller Mm -hmm. think of the star sword you know it just adds a very complex whole side of things and we learn this in the end of the book because honestly the entirety of the war in this battle is determined and based mm-hmm. on what happens with these wards yes i do i do wish there were a little more depth like i felt like it was figured out very last minute and it felt very rushed and i like when i'm when i'm reading fantasy and i think this is the problem sometimes with romanticy lately like the just the with like akatar and like all these other series sometimes the romance portion is really heavily you know like i feel like one takes a hit when the other is strong right like we get amazing sex scenes we get amazing like interactions with these characters and then it's kind of like oh yeah we're in a fantasy world here's some cool fantasy shit and then it's like I like both, but I like when the fantasy stuff is also earned where you can sprinkle that stuff in along the way somehow where we're still getting, we're still learning, we're still getting new elements of the world. And then when these things happen, it's like, oh yeah, they were talking about that like halfway through the book or like in the first book, like I remember that. But this was just kind of like a whole new a bunch of new information at the very end of the book that somehow saved them all and it and but it wasn't really actually saving them all and it was just a lot it was a lot i agree but i can't yep. wait to go back and reread it to maybe try and you know take the emotion out of what i was feeling at the moment because can yep. we talk about what was happening in the moment when we finally figured out what the wards what we had to do for the wards violet was giving all of herself and then her mom basically like army kicked her away from the like literally curb stopped her yes like if you're getting (laughs) if you're getting electrocuted what you're supposed to do right someone's supposed to have a rubber boot and just kick you like away from the source like that's literally what she did and then she used i loved that she used sloan to absorb her power and put it into 
the um like wardstone. I thought that was beautiful. I felt like we got pieces of her along the way. That to me that was a very well developed arc. I loved that. I did not expect to feel any kind of feeling towards Violet's mom, especially because none of the siblings really have any kind of feelings towards her other than like she's our mom. I guess that means something, you know? Like it's not very like they're not a super close knit family with their mom. So I didn't expect to feel that and then then she's doing that and I was I went through so many tissues. I was like ugly crying, like blew my nose like ten times. Yeah. Through that whole part. And I was, I was not expecting that to be I the was thing like, that me. You know, I'm I'm like a when I get to like a really spicy scene and I love it, that's when I like laugh <clears throat> laugh hysterically yeah. and scream. And when something really sad happens, I'm like I like don't I feel nothing. Or like I feel it so strongly that I look like I feel nothing. And mm-hmm. I was just like staring at my little Kindle. Just staring and reading with absolutely like I wouldn't like I was like a statue. Mm-hmm. I wish our Kindles had like little cameras, not really, but like where you could choose for it to rec- record you reading a moment where there's very good reasons oh. I don't want my Kindle left camera, but I was just thinking that. Um, but you can choose when you want it to record. And I feel like it'd be very interesting to compare because we, as much as we're besties and we do have a lot of similarities, we have things we love in books that are the same. We are, we could not be more different when it comes to like emotional responsiveness to things. We are like completely opposite. I'm like sobbing all the time, sad, crying. And I do feel like you're like, even you're, you're like, what the fuck? No. Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yep. I it, it takes me like a significant amount of time to actually feel the feelings that I should be feeling. Yeah. So instead I yeah, I I straight up I just have like a calm face. I'm like, that's not no. Yeah. Nope. nope. Uh, Speaking of this, look how so can good. you see? Look how beautiful my Kindle is. It is beautiful. Peep the stickers that I need to post about that we're selling now. But yeah, I love yeah. that. I love and then that. my Valkyrie. Probably reading smut. Recently. As. Oh, is that as? That's as. Look at the shadows. Ooh, yeah, I see the shadows. I'm, you know, you've all followed our lovely little podcast and how I am now team as. I I can't. I still love Cassian, but I am turning into an as girly too. Like more, I think I'm going to like as more than I like Reese for sure. As. Also. Patreon members, um, if you've seen that post that we had about the uh, fanfic with the sauna scene, um, go read it. Yeah, the post snowball fight. Uh, go go read tees, it. Basically, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no words. Statement of the year. Oh, anyway, no speaking of sexy things, let's talk about the throne scene. Amber. Amber. (laughs) I had to like quote some of the things that come out of Zayden's. The things that Zayden says. I love his filthy mouth. I yeah, same. I love I love a filthy mouth. I mean 
there's nothing that does it for me quite like a filthy mouth. But okay, mm-hmm. this is an exception when there's anything smutty that's happening. I feel like this is where you and I are also different, but we're almost like in opposite ends of the spectrum where I'm like screaming or laughing hysterically. Like I am, there is nothing, no emotion is hidden on my face. You know, uh-huh. I go through like, I'm reading like something spicy and my eyes get wide and then I'm like, oh, oh. And then I just, again, start just like cackling. And y'all have I heard my, my cackle. You've heard my cackle. It can be heard for miles. I've probably startled you with my cackle in this freaking microphone, but it can be heard for miles when I really get going. And then I just, when it just keeps going, this was a scene where it was just like a hand over the mouth so I can just keep reading. Yeah, I blushed so much during this and also was like, damn so much during this it's like taking notes of things i want said to me um yeah uh okay let's start with the fact where violet is like oh like can we be doing this in here it's like the the throne room like this is where you guys have all your meetings and he says quote my house my chair my woman fuck i from that moment i was like i'm dead god be still. I, this my is heart. it for me. I'm. I'm this is gonna be. I'm dead. I died. I did like that it did combine some of the because yes, I am definitely uh more of a virgin when it comes to reading dark romance and things like that compared to like you. You like reading that stuff a lot more than I do. I like it, but you read you read it more than I do. And I and for me, this this is where I like when it comes into fantasy. I love when we can get get that because I like that too, but I also like having a fun story that's going on at the same time. So mm-hmm. I, and sometimes I don't want that, but like I wanted that from this and this, the next one quote, look at how beautiful you are, Violet coming for me on Tyrandor's throne. Fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck me. Actually, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And when he projected his thoughts to her. Oh. Oh my god. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Rebecca Yaros, you are you are a wicked genius. Because what does a woman want more than what do we love more than reading that male or the other not even male, just the other partner's perspective of like because there's nothing like we talked about someone seeing you the way they see you compared to how you feel about yourself. And that getting his perspective of just like her getting hit with like all of his feelings for her. I love that because it was very much like you're letting Kat get to you. And these are my feelings for you. Like, this is exactly how I feel. This is everything I have. I'm going to give it to you and show you so that you never, ever feel that way about her again. Like, fuck her like this is how i feel and i loved that i loved that i loved that yeah. scene yeah that scene could that... have been another 10 pages and i would have been happy yeah that may be added to my favorite although it wasn't it does suck because it was kind of like i can't remember if it was only one-sided now because it was so long it was oh yeah it was because he made a point of being like 
I'm just doing this for you. But it it's mm-hmm. up there for me. That's um, that's a really good one. Love that. Oh my god. Yeah. And then my actual favorite part of this book oh and my, my actual favorite part of any book ever. This had me squealing. I I had to like tell Riley in detail about this entire plot because I needed to tell someone immediately about it. Like and it was a very audible response. I laughed. I laughed for 30. I laugh now just thinking about it. I can't. <laughs> the greatest clap back in history, y'all. When Kat initially <laughs> tells Violet, she's trying to get to her and she's like, you know that little trick with the fingers? Like, I taught him that. And when they leave, uh, Violet goes up to Kat and she's like, this is after the throne scene. And she's like, that trick you taught him with the fingers? Thanks. And then walks away. <gasps> Whoa, that's a... Oh my god, burn. Actual burn. Oh, Who needs a dragon burn. with fire like that? Oh my god. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh god. I, I'm still stunned by that line. I, I will live and die by that line. That is the greatest, you know, one of the greatest things I've ever read. Okay, is that petty? Yes. When I yeah. say that I like petty, that's the shit that I like. Yes, this is what I like. That is petty with a purpose. Mm-hmm, yes. But you give me petty without a purpose, I hate it. It's stupid. Petty with a purpose, get... Exactly. Give it's me so a good. tall drink of that. Mm. It's like It's like miscommunication. It has to have, for it to yes. land and have the effect you want... It has to have a purpose, or I Make fucking it hit home. hate it. Make yes. someone's jaw drop. Oh, that, better be fucking my good. Jaw is still dropping. It's still going. It's still headed towards. <laughs> I'm surprised I can even talk during this episode. Jaws on the floor. It's it's oh, to the core of the earth. At this I love point. it. I I love it. Mm. Uh, also, can we talk about? This is so casually mentioned in this book. But can we talk about the fact that Zayden is basically like a king? And he's just Hot. like casually running the show. Like when she shows up and there's like a seventh seat at this table and Zayden's like standing by her and she's like, who's the seventh person? And they're like, oh, it's Zayden. And you're like, um, um, why, why is this so casual? Yes. And that's why it gets pieced together where you're like, oh, that's why his dad was the one that led the revolution. Because he's, before that happened, he was essentially like the king of Tyrandor, like basically, before the new governmental regime was like, no, JK, you don't get to have this anymore. Right. And then now you realize, oh, that's why Zayden is like the one who's responsible and the one who's carrying all this weight. Because at first you're just like, who is this dude? Like, why? Nope. Yeah, it was kind of a little bit of an Aragorn moment where you're like, oh, he's the king, but he doesn't want to be the king. And yeah. I like that. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just flashing forward to the future in my mind where, like, they go to dinner with uh, Eric and they're, you know, it's Satan and Eric and they're both kings and they're buddies and, like, they're mm-hmm. leading this new world where everyone's happy. Hell yes. That is, I choose Hell to believe that's yeah. our future. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sloan and Eric should be a thing. I love that. Love that. Love that. I love it. I feel like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last but not least, and things that stuck out to me in this 
my friend, is my favorite part of both books. I This shattered my entire universe, learning that Andarna is a seventh kind of dragon. This ruined everything for me. I It ruined m- my mind, body, and soul. Yes. Okay. This is a quote from her, from Andarna. I waited 650 years to hatch, waited until your 18th summer, when I heard our elders talk of the weakling daughter of their general, the girl forecasted to become the head of the scribes, and I knew. You would have the mind of a scribe with the heart of a rider. You would be mine. You are as unique as I am, and we want the same things. To which Violet responded, you couldn't have known I would be a rider. When Andarna said, and yet, here we are. This moment obliterated me. Honestly, yes, I, it's so poetic and it's, it's just, they're so perfect for each other. And this is almost like, this is like fate coming into play because, you know, there are higher things at play here. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. just, Andarna was this, you know, this young dragon that and Violet protected her and you know Taryn liked that so then suddenly we're all bonded no no Mm -hmm. no and Darna is the cusp of what happened and Darna chose Violet long before Taryn did long before Mm -hmm. and this is just and also the fact that we have a seventh kind of dragon and there is only one of them okay and she's basically a chameleon and she's a chameleon and she is so badass and i just i love this dragon so much i am obsessed with everything that she says everything that she does the entire series for both books honestly i think that she might be my favorite out of everyone She's just great. Everything... And Teenage Her is also great. She reminds me of Teenage Groot. Yes. Just like moody and like. Just. You guys don't sassy. understand me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But also, all of the you don't understand me is because she's a different kind of dragon because no one understands her. And she's been trying to hint at that the entire time mm-hmm. because she knows, again, she knows her rider is. It, brilliant she knows her rider is brilliant she knew at some point that violet was going to figure it out before anyone else yes and so the fact that she like indarna wanted to come along for all of these things Mm -hmm. it just makes so much more sense you know she wasn't just being a bratty teenager she wasn't just being you know a youngling she was protecting her rider who she has waited for centuries to be here yes and the last thing we need is for this rider that she's waited forever for to hatch. She literally waited to hatch. Mm-hmm. If that rider dies, this was all for nothing. So I just, I just feel very passionately about this. I feel like this is going to be the catalyst of everything that happens in the next book because those two, she's never going to bear a rider. Bullshit. Bull. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yes, she yeah, is. No. You're wrong. She will. She will. Everyone's wrong. That part. Yeah, I, I'm like. Mm. Nope. She's going. She's going to. She's going to, and it's going to be so cool. And I don't know what's going to happen because I'm fascinated to see what her signet's going to be from Andarna. But I know. listen, I'm getting myself oh. all worked up. But 
I love it. But it's so it's so good. Like that to me, oh God. this is the best part one of the best parts of the book. I mean it's it's so it's good. So good. And I love it felt to me very earned that she would have picked Violet. I hate in fantasy novels and just books in general when everyone's in love with this girl or like everyone's falling over themselves to protect this person, this girl, it's always a girl (laughs) that is just kind of like, okay. Like they don't really have any thing that seems actually like extra special compared to literally anyone else in in the story, you know? Um, but I'm like, this Violet is smart. She's savvy. She's creative. Like she's got, if I were a dragon and picking someone, yes, I would pick her. She's different. She does have the mind of someone. I like that she's so intelligent. I love when she's nervous and she's like quoting text from books. Like it just feels so nerdily relatable of just like, that's your weird comfort nerd thing you do. And it just, mm-hmm. I love that. I love her. She's complex. She's different. And I feel like it. It's it's not where it's just like oh there's just this bland character that's just happened upon this thing and now they're on this quest like no like it's a cool character who's definitely earned the right to have two dragons and I yes. I like that a lot so mm. I love that and Darna when she when she chose her ahead of time I was like mm. love it love My it God. I love it <sighs> almost like a prophecy oh, truly so good. and we love a good prophecy we love a good prophecy oh, okay man. last but not least. Let's yes. talk about endings, predictions, and theories. So I'm just going to loop us back around to this, you know, theme of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are going to have a whole new battle of humanity. Mm-hmm. Because we know Violet will inevitably be playing hero and mm-hmm. trying to save Zayden from turning full venom and losing his humanity altogether. Because again, this is like Zayden's already feeling that severe pull to power, to this power that he has at his fingertips now. He's he's mm-hmm. crossed the line. We don't yep. even know if he can revert backwards to As of right now, he can't. Like from there, what we there's know. There's no way to do it. But I feel like Violet's signet I don't know. Maybe it will have something to do with that. It could. It could. And also, like, I feel like this is going to be, like, um, and spoilers for Throne of Glass, if you haven't read Throne of Glass. It's going to be like Dorian. It's going to be like when he had a Valg inside him. I feel like it's going to be that battle Mm -hmm. of holding on to yourself and someone reminding you of, like, who you are, essentially. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to come down to that. But also, I feel like there's going to be some cool magical element to it as well of like, we have to somehow cure these people also. Like, yeah, you can't just, you know, undo the choice that you made. You made the choice. Right. Now we're here. So, yeah, I like. Yeah, I like that it's going to be flipped where now it's going to be Violet who has to be the big bad hero and like yeah. protect Zayden's humanity. It's going to be interesting. I'm fascinated to see what the hell is about to happen and also like what is turning venom what is that going to do with his bond with his dragon oh that's a really good point like i just i because we know that she was basically just like hiding out for what happened uh and we don't really have any more information than that and i'm 
Ugh. I don't know. That's a good point. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Ick. Ugh. Yeah. I hate that. Um. Make for us. Yeah. Also, um, can we kill Jack Barlow? What? what? He needs to go. What? Are, what are we he doing? Needs to go. What are we doing? Why is he still? What? What? No. No. Unless I we're I using... don't even want him to be in the next book. No, thank you. I don't either. Been but I'm there, only done okay that. With, I'm only okay with him living if we're doing like research on him to see what works to bring someone back. Seriously, only let's bring not him back and then murder him. <laughs> like, just kill him That's... once he's back to you. Oh my god. That's awful. <laughs> just... He's awful. <laughs> he was terrible as a human. He's, he's not worth he's saving. Awful. He is. He he's, doesn't deserve. No. He is bad. He is evil. We use him to find a cure. Okay, great. This isn't going to kill anyone. It's going to bring them back. Perfect. Bye, Jack Barlow. You suck. <sighs> and that is where I'm. I am, am usually a gentle, kind, fruitful person. But that is like no. Kill I'm him. Kill him now. Kill him and make it painful. I want his head on a bike. <laughs> kill him, but make it spicy. Make it spicy. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. Okay. Oh, so also, good. another prediction. I think Griffins and their riders are going to play a huge role. Same with like imbuing and runes and all that shit that they are exceptionally good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to play a monumental role. Yes. In everything that happens next. I agree. Especially when it comes to the, um, like, lures. Yes. And that the Venom basically plays these lures. And then, because again, I think they they had Jack doing it this time. But they they must have had other people working for them. Who did it in... Yes. Uh, and at, also... Athabine? Jack, Jack was saying, they're everywhere. We're everywhere. Yeah. Where is everywhere? Yeah. Shouldn't we be able to know where they are? Who the fuck's a venom? But remember, the guy that came to kill... This is why I think Barish and Dane's fucking dad have something to do with the venom, because the guy that came to kill Violet, like, the two different times, they both, she noted, had red-rimmed eyes. She said, like, they were on drugs. But it's because I think they were... They're venom. So I think that... They're just like Valk. They're just like Valg. I think whoever is in charge of the good guys, like not the revolution, the, who are the actually the bad guys, I think that they have some kind of connection with the Venom and are using them in some way to get something that they want. Because why else would they be sending people who are basically Venom? And I feel like they are taking like the students that are dying like and turning them into Venom somehow. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. I that's my hate theory. that. Yeah. Or or cuz again that would that would imply that we have to somehow catch them before they're actually dead and do that. Because I also think they could be torturing people into pulling on that power to then turn them venom and then we have a whole <laughs> other kind of army going on. Yeah. Oh Which would be a reason why we're letting all these kids die off during cadet training because who fucking needs them anyways we don't actually this is the subplot this is this is the diversion we don't yeah so anyways we're killing off people who could be rebels yeah i know i'm squirming that's what i'm here for no i feel unwell oh okay another thing that could potentially make you feel unwell is that rebecca yaros did say in an interview 
that Violet's second signet has manifested in this book. So it's there. But what do we think it is? My theory is that she can communicate with the dead because I think she has some kind of a connection. I think Andarna has some kind of a connection to the gods. This this loops into my next theory of just the gods are going to play a bigger role in the next book. And I just think I just think they have there's some kind of connection there. My brain is absolute <laughs> mush right now. Yeah. Because oh my God. Liam said, Liam said Malik allowed, like, allowed me to be here, like, to talk to you, basically. I'm pretty sure he said that. Yeah. What were you about to say? You just look no, like you I, had No, I'm just, I'm, lightable. my mind is getting fucked right now. <laughs> Currently. So, Gentle so that fight. would mean it was, like, actually Liam. Like, actually Liam. I believe that it was actually Liam's, like, spirit there that malik allowed her to see that because i really do think she's either blessed by malik think about how many times she's should be dead something she may be a descendant of his something the the gods are going to be a part of this i really feel like it's inevitable they need some kind of divine intervention to win this war there's there's no way so, anyways, I think whatever special kind of dragon Andarna is could be connected to it. There's just, I feel like, a lot of different avenues to pursue the connection with the gods. I'm unwell. <laughs> I'm unwell. But do you oh have any God. other thoughts about what her signet could be, other than that? Because I'm trying to think about, like, other things. Hmm. I feel like it's going to take a reread. I think my brain is entirely too wrapped up in what you just said. <laughs> yeah. To have <laughs> functional thoughts at this point in time. I do think a reread will definitely make it more apparent. But I just, I don't have it in me to reread this book yet, so. Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. We can end on that note. Because I talked about the one, the last one that I have written, which is Violet's father, I think, died when Professor Markham discovered that he knew what was going on that he had uncovered the plot so, so um, i mentioned hmm. yeah i mentioned that earlier where like her i think her dad so her dad was a scribe right and the reason yep. he was secretly leaving her all these like fables with like a secret letter in it and everything was because he was trying to leave her pieces to piece it together because i think he was actively working to store away the actual history of what's the name of our kingdom? What is the is it Veros? What is it? I can't remember. Don't terrible. ask me about names. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sorry. a good writer of names. <laughs> but anyways, whatever you know, you guys are gonna get mad at us, but whatever. They their their kingdom that they live in, where Beskaith is, that they're figuring out, you know, that her dad started figuring it out and then working secretly to undo it or do something about it and then i think markham oh found God. that out and had him killed how do you think he had him killed do you think he like like maybe oh maybe has something to do with poison maybe and like or... maybe violet no yeah you go hear me out 
uh, Casey also brought up the point of how Zayden is now Venom, but there are multiple times that Zayden tells Violet, not just, I know who you are. He says, I know what you are. So I feel like her dad has something to do with this. I'm also hoping her dad is alive as well, but I don't know. I know I'm, this is just me jumping to conclusions and jumping off the deep end of theories, but yeah. Like where would he be? Or what might he be? Could he be something that we don't know? The secret key to defeating the venom, a different type of person or creature or magic wielder or god i don't know hannah <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to leave that there so maybe i didn't need to talk about that i know you just broke my brain that would there's be something deeper all there. of those things would be absolutely unreal because okay how many books are supposed to be in the series is it five it's a five book series as of now I could definitely see Rebecca Yaros being like, I need more books. <laughs> okay, this is only book two. All of that shit could easily happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like mind-blowing easily. stuff right there. But we have like at least three more books. And these books, Iron Flame was a big, big book. Thick. It was thick with thick. two Cs. It was huge. Uh, that book so... on Kindle, it said it was like 32 hours long, I think, for oh, reading time. Holy yeah. shit. That's longer yes. than Crescent City. It's it was uh seven hundred something. That's like pages. that's like as long as Kingdom of Ash. Yeah, but keep in mind. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my Kindle said that, <laughs> but also Holy I read slower than, than you do. Because I I'm oh just such God. a when it's fantasy, I have to read things twenty five times before I move on to the next page to make sure I grasp See, something. I can't. That- that's another area where you and I are very, very different mm-hmm. is, yes, I'm a fast reader, but I'm like, a I have to force myself not to skip to the end of a page. Like my brain, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a scatterbrain to put it lightly. Like I just, I have a lot of like, oh, squirrel things that happen <laughs> in my brain all day long. Um, yeah. So when it comes to reading and when, especially when I'm excited, I mm-hmm. do not process things I I just like brrr, like try to read yes. as fast as I possibly can to get through it mm-hmm. so I can feel all the things. Yes. But then I I See, forget to actually pay attention sometimes. We're the same in that way, but I go back. That's the thing. I Yeah. I frequently skip to the end of a page, especially if it's like where I feel like I need to know, like I have to know. I mm-hmm. do that too. But but then yep. I'm like I fig- I read it and then I'm like, okay what and then i go back i just yeah i read way slower than 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 you do and yeah i end up just like either putting my hand or i yeah i either like put my hand or a piece of paper and like when i get really excited so i don't Uh skip because i do that real bad like i can't i can't but yeah my brain is not slowing down for this pedal to the metal baby sometimes that's that's how you got to do it with these books when it's all the action i'm definitely that way with the action i'm like yeah read 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 is everyone gonna live and then i go back (laughs) where i'm like i was confused about that part yep 
Yeah. Uh, so, but overall, this book was good. I I did really enjoy it. I just wish that middle part would have been a little bit condensed. Right. You know. I just or added some something to to lead us to what happened in the end. Yeah, and it, it was it was I'm worried. Wild. I am also concerned for all of our well beings. Yes. I'm very worried. Yeah. I'm so sad. I'm but anyway, that book was a wild ride. It was. I think the like my theme is always going to be humanity with this book. There is just such a clash and a battle and a there's just so many different things happening with so many different people at so many different points of their humanity that just mm-hmm. makes it nice and spicy. Yeah, and I like I do like that it's kind of a nod back to original fantasy but in a different setting like where we have dragons i love dragons and we have the classic trope of like what happens when you reach too far and you get too greedy it's like lord of the rings Mm -hmm. with the wraiths right like what happened to everyone when they let the power of the rings consume them and then when they were trying to get to the one true ring and like they gave up every part of themselves for that and then look what happened to them so it's just it's i like that i love that element of fantasy because it is true in real life when you forget about the parts that make you who you are and you get greedy and you lose sight of what really matters then that's when you turn into a shit person right like so mm-hmm. it just i really i like that it i think that's why i love just loved fourth wing it brought me back to that that feeling of just classic fantasy like Aragon and like just just kind of the way you felt about it, but then with an adult twist to it, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. yeah. Also, last but not least, check out our shirts. Yeah, we're matching. Check them out. Check them out. We have a giveaway coming up for our 4,000. <laughs> a little late, but it's fine. Yeah, but I think <laughs> by the time this episode comes out... We either will have just started it or it will already be done, but Yes. Well if you're watching this on Patreon, it hasn't happened yet. True. But if you're listening to this on the podcast, hope that you won. Won. The giveaway. But the shot that partnered with us. (laughs) Yes. Great job. But the shop that partnered with us has some really cool merch um, and we have some discount codes for you guys if you didn't win. So there's a lot of cool stuff going down with that. So we'll definitely have some posts going about that. So refer back to our Instagram when you are listening to this and all of that will have already been posted. Absolutely. Cool beans. So we are after this, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, not watching it on Patreon. Uh, you need to make sure that you read the first three chapters of A Court of Frost and Starlight because we're working our way into the next book. That way you can be prepared Wild. for the next episode. I can't. It is going to take us five million years to get through Silver Flames, but yes. I can't believe that we I'm are so the second to last book. Y'all, I just have to say, <laughs> if you think I got excited about the other books, I'm just, I apologize in advance for the squealing I'm going to do into the microphone for Silver Flames. But anyway, also, thanks it's for about choosing. about to get muddy up in here. And we are going to talk about, you know us, we're going to talk about every little detail. All Especially because Cassian is just, he mm. 
is the bridge for us of the dark, the darker, yes. like dumb, like you know, filthy <laughs> mouth. Mm. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> that's my feelings about Cass. <laughs> cool it, Hannah. Cool it. Okay. All right. So thank you guys so much for choosing to be a part of our book club and a special shout out to our Patreon members. Um, we appreciate your support. We wouldn't be here without you guys. So we love you. Yes, we do. Um, as always, be sure to subscribe and leave, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow us both on Instagram and TikTok at House of Wind Pod. As always, our email is always open. Feel free to ask us or tell us theories, burning questions, anything about whether it's Iron Flame, Actar, whatever it is. This information can also be found in the show notes. We will talk to you all next week. Stay smutty. <laughs>